0: Hi, guys. Jim here from Creative Plane Podcast Network, and joining us here today is a voice that you guys have heard before and had on, John Paul Reed, one of our favorite writers of a great D&D fantasy world, and a friend he's mentioned a few times before we've been trying to get on the show, Patty Holstron, a writer and his publisher. Hi, guys.
1: Hey, James. How are you? Doing pretty
0: good. So uh, we've been, we've been talking for a while now about getting Patty on and uh, talking about getting a book published. So I uh, figure this is a really good time to throw a bunch of those great questions that, if you wanted to get something published, exactly what does one do to get that to happen? But uh, first, Patty, go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, I
2: think it all started with my love of writing. Of course, uh, was writing. Since junior high and had my first story published when I was a sophomore in high school. Obviously, the writing bug bit me, and I I kept doing a little bit of that throughout my career. Went to journalism school, you know, all that good stuff, and got married and all that, and so gave that up for a little while. And then uh, I was newly divorced and had already written some of my other books and was working on getting them published when my boyfriend at the time... Said, Turned to me and said, I want you to publish my
0: books.
2: (laughs) I said, I'm not a publisher of books. And he says, well, this is on paper, isn't it? And I said, yes, but that's not the same thing. It's a completely different market. (laughs) So I looked into it, and that's what started all this. Uh, So it's all his fault. He's the one that gets the blame for (laughs) giving you the bug, to. So how do we go about doing this? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, definitely. So we're at... Uh, Arizona Publishing, I started that in 2008. Uh, I've been doing graphic design for many, many years before that. So I've had my own business in graphic design for some time before I even started publishing books. So I got started in that. And so we're talking about we're on 289 books. Wow. um, I think for Arizona Publishing and honestly for media publications, the company I'm working for, uh, Worth right now to do educational material. I am at over 600 books with them right now in the last year. Wow. So uh, they needed absolutely everything of theirs into digital format, and I've had lots of experience with EPUB and, and all these Kindles and all these all the other publications. So, yeah, I said, yeah, I think I could probably do something for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're talking about 600 more than 600 page books this time. So, uh, and of course this year has been absolutely insane because of the COVID-19 and all the teachers are freaking because they needed some online uh, distance learning material. So here we were sitting pretty, real pretty at the time. So (laughs) thank goodness. So that's what got all this started. And it's, it's has gone from there.
1: I want to brag about Patty. Not only does she have her own publishing company, Arizona Publishing, with over 289 books published in the last five years. Her full-time job is Remedia Publishing, where that's her full-time job of nonfiction educational books.
0: And definitely getting it in the the new uh, electronic formats is huge right now with the whole COVID-19 learning from home, creating, you know, learning packets, as well as, you know, it, it is great to know that you could have a publisher, that you have your book, which is physical dead tree style book. And the fact that most of us would have no clue of how to get that book into ebook format for things like Amazon or for, you know, the different e-readers out there or even just applications. Because there's some apps out there that uh, <laughs> people will sell their book in app form that you can buy straight off, like, you know, the different app you know, stores of Google or whatnot. So that is cool that uh, Patty's got that skill set to make sure to make the book into whatever format is needed.
1: No. Exactly. Uh, J- James, to start off how I got into this and how I met Patty, quite a story. Now, it's true, I've always been an elitist. I know uh, almost anyone can uh, uh, pay for their own book to get published, you know, the self-publishing. But uh, what happened with me was I, I was uh, running a Dungeons & Dragons campaign Uh, out in Illinois, and a friend of mine who, uh, brand new to the game, but she just fell in love with everything about it, and she was, she, uh, she, it's funny, uh, I met her husband first, and then I met her, Laura Thompson, and she, she was a new convert to the game, but she was grabbing every bit of paper and books and materials I had, just flipping through them, wow, look at all this great stuff, anyway, she came across a, a chapter uh, that I had written years ago. And she read it and she said, John, this is terrific. Where's the rest of it? And I'm sort of like, uh, well, uh, actually, Laura, there is no, nothing else. Well, Laura started motivating me to start writing. This was back in 2012. And um, when I moved out here to Phoenix, Laura and I had a rough manuscript together for, we thought, a pretty good book. Now, I began splashing around local publishers. Uh, I went to uh, one publisher known as Brick Cave, Brick Cave Publishing, and they were very nice, but they told me they were looking for more science fiction books. They, They wanted more spaceships and laser guns rather than wizards and warriors. So I was like, okay, anyway. Um, the Brick Cave Publishing recommended me to Patty. I
2: was already there.
1: And you were already there. Because <laughs> um, he and I do a lot
2: of events together. Right.
1: Uh, Bob? Nelson. Nelson. Bob Nelson. And uh, anyway, uh, I'll never forget how excited both Laura and I were when I sent Patty uh, the manuscripts for our first book. And I'll never forget what happened when we met at Denny's. This was about back in 2014. Um, And uh, Patty comes over. We're sitting down at a Denny's here in Phoenix. And she says, John, this is really great, really good book. We're going to cut it in half. Now, I... At first I misunderstood, I freaked. I was like, oh no, we're gonna cut half of my book. It it won't make any sense. This is terrible. How can we do that? Why why should we cut the book in half? What are we gonna throw away? And when Patty finally calmed me down, all all this right in the middle of the Denny's mind you, James. Uh, When Patty finally calmed me down, she was like, John, John, book one and book two. And I'm like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> right and from that moment on I knew that if I just did whatever Patty said I'd have a lot of fun Patty
2: <laughs> okay well his manuscript was rather long and while I've done a long uh, fantasy is not too bad as far as being able to publish uh, long manuscripts as you probably know uh, that's probably the only genre that still uh, allows really huge volumes mm-hmm. or as Yes. Has ch- there, or is it tomb? <laughs> the tome. tomb <laughs> <Total tunes. laughs> we, joke, we joke about that. that. That's,
1: a, that's a little joke Patty and I have because uh, – <laughs> Okay, don't go into it.
2: Let's just say I, right. I, I I misspelled it. Hey, it was spelled right just to mean the same thing. So <laughs> – so it's like, yeah, we all make those kind of mistakes, and that was that was on my own book anyway. So that's, that's, that's why you ne- can never edit your own stuff. It's true. It's true because right. your mind
0: and eye doesn't okay. catch it because it was you, it was right when you wrote it. It's just that you're, you know, exactly. I, I completely understand that one. And of
2: course, it didn't catch it because it, it was it, again it was spelled right. It just wasn't what it meant. So, uh, so I told him, and say, hey, we need we need to cut these in half for for purposes of a a the cost. And B, because a lot more uh, readers are going with the smaller volumes now. And uh, this was back in, you know, again, 2014, here. Huh?
1: 2014, yeah. Okay,
2: so because we were back in 2014, that was already going that route. And I think that actually has gone even more so. Uh, I think even the younger readers are actually reading smaller volumes. or are not reading. And, and, you know, his books are already big enough. They're over 300 pages. Uh, I think unexpected was a little bit small was yeah. the smallest one he's ever had
1: my, my my shortest book my fifth one yeah unexpected entanglements was only about 250 some odd pages yeah
2: long. yeah including the front matter that, yeah. that is interesting
0: yeah. that you say that because i have noticed the like 268 266 is like the newest format the books are coming out and of course me i'm one of the old school readers i'm like what it's not 380 pages. That's a short book, you know. What are they missing? Right. But, but that is a good point about the whole and, and part of your job too, as an editor, is is trimming it down to be more concise and more contained.
1: Absolutely. Uh, it, now it's been my humble observation, James. Uh, Patty can go into much more detail than I can, but it seems to me the hardest part about for for most authors, and one reason why many books never get published, is the uh, the author has to turn the manuscript over to the editor and the proofreaders. A, a lot of people are like, "Oh, can't you just publish it just like it is?" <laughs> and and so,
2: someone just yeah. insists on it, and, and I said, "Well, in that case, you gotta you gotta walk." Yeah. It's, it's- I mean. you know, yeah.
0: Happen. A writer friend of ours refers to that as giving away the baby. You know, it's your precious baby. You know, to you it's perfect in its form and you have to realize that it's 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 material. it's not it's not your your war and peace. You have to let the editor go through it and give a second opinion and a third opinion and you know, you know, streamline it because it's true when you're editing something, to the writer their brain knows exactly what they're meaning. So they've already got that visual, that oh, yeah. mental image. But to me, picking it up and reading it, I'm like, okay, I'm missing something. I got to go back three or four pages and reread it to say, what did I miss?
2: Yeah, yeah, and 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 some people like John
1: are very wordy. <laughs> so um, gee, <laughs> g- g- what likes- a surprise, me wordy. He, really? He,
2: he loves the sound of his own voice. You know,
0: <laughs> how to say in eight words what he was saying in sixty-five.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he, and he, since he writes like he speaks, he, yeah, it, it was like, oh, oh. my God, how many, how many times are you gonna say the same thing? And, and so that's where somebody like me comes in and I, I start making it bloody. so and that's I, my job.
1: I, I have to admit I'm, I am a much better, much more effective and certainly much more precise and concise writer now. Than I was when I first started with Patty, no question.
2: Okay, so let's just edit that that particular little that he just said. <laughs> okay. okay, so I would have cut out at least a couple of those adjectives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and and that that I think is really the hardest thing for for a writer to do is to hand over your precious baby manuscript to the uh, editors and proofreaders with their knives and their cutting and their
2: (laughs) My red pen. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Now, uh, Patty also got me to realize that, you know, there's a lot of stuff people just don't realize that you have to do when you're publishing a book. You've got to arrange for a cover. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, what fonts you're going to use. well, what sort of paper? How thick will be the paper? Well, uh, so- that
2: has to do with which printer you're using, of course. Yeah. Um, back when Crayspace, I'm sure everybody knows who that is. Mm-hmm. When when Crayspace was, was printing, with the printing arm of Amazon, they they still do actually, but they they had printed on 50 pound paper. Uh, that's thinner than what I print on uh, from a local printer that I have that I've been using for years. Uh, who has 60-pound paper. Now, what's the difference? It's, well, the difference is that it actually makes a smaller spine of the book, of course, because the paper is thinner. And also, it's, let's see if you can pick up the, the book and it's, it's, got, it's more sturdy, it's got more uh, bulk to it, but also the pages themselves are not quite so thin. So honestly, I happen to prefer the 60 pound over a 50.
1: Right. But I
2: come from a printing world, so, you know, I think of those things.
1: And uh, this is one of those, this is just one of a thousand things you've got to consider when you're getting, when you're trying to get a book published with a publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, I
2: wouldn't say a thousand, but at least 250.
1: (laughs) Yeah, at least 250 things. (laughs) Let's not even, let's not even, well, maybe we should talk about copyrights. And uh, uh, who the books dedicated to? Uh, what what you're going to have? Are you going to have a, a table of contents, or are you just going to? Are you going to have quotes in front of every chapter? Uh, all of these things are yeah. come into play when you're preparing books for mm-hmm. publishing. Uh, now, I want to ask you a very loaded and dangerous Set- question.
2: Setting the design from one to another is always- right.
1: I-, I want to ask you a very loaded and dangerous cre- question, okay. James um uh what uh, uh I know you've read my first book reckless mm-hmm. ambitions yep right oh uh what uh, i'll I'll just be quiet and let 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 patty take it from there and if you could tell us what you thought of my first book I'll list all of my books for you and we'll we'll do them one at a time uh, with uh, anecdotes and adventures maybe. <laughs> Okay. Well,
2: you're not gonna you're not gonna do that. <laughs> no, okay. No. All right, that's not gonna happen. That, okay. That's a good wow. editor right there. Okay. See, so just right off the bat. Yeah. Respectfully, no. Nope. Happy
1: Patty. Happy, happy, happy life. Yes. I okay. no, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> All right. Well. So
2: with with reckless ambition, uh, of course, as, as, as I told him, I said, we not only made it you know two books, capricious. He had to add on to capricious nerd to make it, to, in order to finish it. And of course, you, it makes sense that when you're making it into two books, you got to have a real ending. And then, of course, uh, it goes into the next book, which makes sense, you know, wherever it makes sense to uh, cut and move. And then, uh, obviously, start a new beginning on uh, Capricious in order to make that make sense as well. So, um, reckless ambitions. We, we had one particular scene that has to go with the actual cover. That um, wound up having uh, a word that, that they that Amazon didn't oh. didn't like. Yeah. Someone complained, and so we had to uh, tame it.
1: We had to edit a sentence or two. Ooh. Yes. And you know. And we
2: haven't had any problems since then.
1: And what's really funny to me, I think I have scenes in my future in my books beyond Reckless Ambitions. Capricious deities, pivotal ruckus, academic mayhem, unexpected entanglements. I, I think I have even steamier scenes. But, but it o- wasn't
2: – the thing was it was it was a specific word that they didn't want. Okay. that's okay. Okay. Yeah. And, since, since, and since we were gearing it towards 12-year-olds mm-hmm. and young, up. Young adult. That makes work. Yeah. If it were 15-year-olds and up, that probably wouldn't have been a problem. Okay. But yeah, you know, that word. Yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's not a typical word that that you can associate mm-hmm. as being dirty. Yeah, it
1: wasn't. was not profanity a or a curse word. Right. It was just. It, know, was just it was just. In the context, context, of, context what of what it, I was yeah. saying, it was rather. And, yeah. and if
0: it's related right. to the cover, that's the scene where uh, she's clutching herself, you know, covering herself as the the body is on the floor, right?
1: Okay. Yep. Right. With the with, with the young nine year old boy who's. Practically scared out of his wits, but he's like, you know what? I just killed the bad guy and saved the with princess his foe <laughs> 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 right. with
0: his bow going. With the with,
1: with yeah. the with the with the two that first, in the back, yeah. That first cover, that first cover is, it, and you'll see it in hundreds of other books everywhere. It's the classic. Nothing can save you now, and then, bam! Something yeah, yeah, happens yeah, to yeah. save. That's what the bad <laughs> guy gets
0: for yeah. twirling his mustache.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And now, I, I have to say that that particular cover I was very impressed with because of the, the point oh, of the view. Oh, the perspective shot on it. Yeah, it's, 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 exactly. it's a fantastic yeah. perspective I, shot. Yeah, it and,
1: is. And, and here, Patty it makes it really
2: tough to put on a bookmark, but hey, <laughs> you
1: know. Here, Patty and I have to brag about our artists. Yes. We, uh, uh, I have been blessed with absolutely fantastic artists. Chris Ennett, is the principal artist and his friend, David Delante is the Inker colorist. Yeah, David, he's really awesome. Both of them together have made all of my covers and they're just fantastic. I, I, what normally happens is I, I send them a scene out of my book uh, for all five of them. And now six and seven coming up. Uh, I, I send them a scene of my books Uh, They read it, and they see what I want on the cover. I highlight, like, okay, this is the moment I want on the cover. And and they do such a magnificent job. Now, Chris Ennett uh, and David Delante, they're comic book artists. that They work for many comic book companies, Dark Horse, Zenoscope, and both of them have even done uh, both uh, DC and Marvel comics as well.
2: Um, I remember the first, com- we went to a convention together, John and I, and I, he said, well, where do we find a, uh, an artist? I said, "I said we're in a room full of artists, John.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So Quite I, literally. It's go shopping. I, li- I, so. I, I literally just started walking around and I'm saying to myself, you know, I like Xenoscope comics. So I uh, went to the Scope comment table yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's how I met Chris. It, yeah. it was that yeah. simple, <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, yeah. but, but uh, a, a word on that. Um, uh, and we'll talk more about marketing as well, because marketing is an essential part of what we do. Uh, I, I dearly miss the conventions because of the COVID crisis, because oh, yeah. authors just have to realize they have to do the conventions. Uh, oh, or I, events. It's not or just events. Yeah. Uh, you you can't just call a friend and say, "Hey, if I give you a stack of my books, can you sell them for me at an event?" No, that doesn't work. I mean, uh, when 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 you're at an event, you're busy, worried about selling your own stuff. You've yeah. got you've got to you've got to go to the events, right. and uh, well, we'll <laughs> talk about that a little later. But uh, but yes. Uh, uh, James, why don't, uh, I'm sure you have other questions, and I'm talking too much. Go ahead, Patty.
0: So, so Patty, one thing I want to start out from like the very beginning. So, so here is a mythical writer. We'll call him Steve. Steve the writer. So he's got his manuscript going, which you know we all know it's 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 his rough draft manuscript. He thinks it's finished product, but it's really just the manuscript. You know, it's 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 like most game masters. It's our writer's bible. That's really just a hodgepodge of a lot of notes and a couple post its and some yarn marks that go from one part of the story to another to connect the story. What is the best piece of advice you can give them when they're walking up to a publicist to A, get accepted because, you know, it is kind of an interview process of a, Hey, you are an Jeez, editor and Leo. publicist. Jeez. May I?
2: Okay. So I, Oh, I'll go ahead.
0: The, the <laughs> May I have your time, you know, to, to, to even get in the door. What is the best advice you could give that, you know steve the new new writer guy to just get the ball rolling
2: okay i'm going to go backwards a second are you talking about the storyboarding uh ideas are really rough or are you talking about that it's written written
0: as a as a you know he thinks it's a finished manuscript but it's really just the the
2: yeah i got you okay yeah that happens a lot uh i've got two two kinds of people who walk up to me The first one who actually has been dabbling uh, on that one book for how many ever years you've been dabbling on it. Um, And then the second one who just has an idea and and, and sits there and trying to pitch me already without even writing anything. Okay, so there's two ways I go about this. One is is I say, do you have anything with you uh, that the, you know, an idea of what genre that you're even in? Uh, I, you know, I have to do the same thing when I pitch for other publishers for my own stuff. So you have to do the same thing with me. You have to say you have to know a little more about your book, and it's not just uh, who's your target. You need to know who your target market is. You need to know what genre you're writing in and why, and and then an idea of, of uh, what you want to do with it. Is it fiction, nonfiction? Because it's two different markets completely. I've done all of them. So it doesn't, you know, it was, it's poetry. I don't even touch that anymore. But, uh, at first I did take, you know, about three poets that, that were out there at least, uh, talking their market. I mean, they, in other words, they were, they were doing events. They were, uh, getting in, in front of, uh, in front of people and speaking their poetry. So that way, you know, they had somewhere to sell it. So that's the question: Is is do they have somewhere to sell it? Okay. So because getting a publisher is one thing, uh, and and having it into distribution format was no longer uh, viable anymore to just have that. It's now where can I take it so that way I can sell it myself? Okay. And then my question, if they wanted, we looking at me, is can I actually sell this in the events that I'm at? If I, if I say no, uh, my target market of uh, convention people wouldn't be interested in that particular book, then I have to mm-hmm. say no. But I do usually, you know, make a suggestion to them of who they could take it to most of the time.
0: That, that way, you know, you're at least saying, hey, not my market,
2: but. Right. Exactly. Uh, so, I, I you know, if that's the case, then I'm definitely not going to, you know, waste both of our time. By them sending me something, because again we very limited in time. You can only
0: read so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: more so now than ever. Yeah. So what's the other part of
1: that question? Oh, uh, well, Steve comes to you with a completed manuscript. What happens then?
2: Well, again, he needs those uh, those strings. Things no matter what. So now if he comes, if he comes up and says oh, I got this idea of a story and I, I just wanted to kind of put it past you and see if, if there was any market for it. Uh, I say, okay. That, you know, it's kind of better if you actually have it written.
0: <laughs> Rather than a cold
2: pitch. Right. Right, because A, most of the time you're never going to write it. Uh, B, and I don't tell them that because, you know, that would hurt <laughs> yeah. their feelings. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, B, that Sometimes it changes while you're writing it. Uh, I happen to know that. I'm a writer myself, Uh, so I'm only speaking from experience. When when I sell something, say something to these people when they walk up and talk to me, I said, you know, it may very well be different for you. I'm just telling you that in my circumstance and in my experience, this is the case.
0: So so that's one interesting question I have for you. Is as a writer, are you an outliner or a panzer? You know, it, it's it's my <laughs> yeah. favorite way of saying um, that one. Do you, do, you, do you like to outline your storyboard, or do you shoot by the seat of your pants and just mash out words?
2: <laughs> I do love them both, actually. Um, I I do a general outline to know kind of what direction I'm going, um, and kind of what I want to. Like right now, I've got uh, a series that I started a uh, uh, year and, year and a half two ago. Yep. That. I had been dabbling with or thinking about since 2014 and got so busy with all these other writers that I couldn't do <laughs> any writing. Thank you so much.
1: So, <laughs> we keep her so busy.
2: So I said, uh, suddenly so, so I said, you know, it's time. Uh, and so I I started back again. And then the same thing happened to me in my first series when I just said, okay, I almost died. Therefore, when I picked out this, this story I had started some years before that, it's, it's time for me to do that. So, uh, I'm at that stage right now, and working on well, three, four, and five. three, four, and five right now. Uh, I already wrote the ending of this, of this particular part of the series, so I know which direction is going. So now I can do all the foreshadowing uh, and, and know, hey, it, it wasn't know what needs to happen. In order to get these characters to that to that end and, stage. And the nice thing but, is
0: too, you you now have the freedom to organically let them go even though you know where the stopping point is.
2: Exactly. And that's where the butter to of your pants goes. And it's a lot of fun for the for the for the you know, not every author can say, you know, a fiction author can say, Well, we have characters in our head and and, and they kinda tell us where to go and, and which direction and and, and what they want to do. Um and that's, that's well and good. The thing is that not every author's like that. I am. I have these characters in my head and they wake me up and, and force me to write. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's fun to have that only because you don't know what's going to totally happen, but you know what it, where it needs to end. So sometimes I said, well, even though you didn't want to have a hospital scene in, in the books, in the <laughs> book three, you're oh, poor, oh, poor,
1: <laughs> poor. before
2: poor, I was like, yeah, but there's no other way to do this because all of a sudden I had done something that uh, with with the characters, and I said, Well, obviously, we're going to have to go to the hospital. I mean, he's going to be, you know, he to check it for internal injuries at the very least. Uh, and I said it because I already had a hospital scene in books one and two. Mm-hmm. One and one? Yeah. Yes. Yes. One. one and I think two and two. So, yeah, two yeah. and two.
1: Yeah.
2: So, um, <laughs> you just kind of say, well, yeah, sometimes you're forced to do that because the character mm-hmm. take you there.
0: Yes. And, and it is great when you have the organic writing happening because it gives you that gift of what what are the characters going to do to get out of the situation? And it actually lets you enjoy the experiences is rather than robotically churning out the
1: story.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: And well, I'm similar in my writing. Um I usually have a I usually have an ending that I want to get to. I'm like, okay, here's the big here's the big finish, here's the big moment, here's the here, here, here's here's where I'm I'm aiming for, and I try to pull my characters ever so carefully toward that ending. Um sometimes I kill a character off, but I do it not gratuitously, not like for no point, I make sure that if I'm going to kill a popular character off, uh, and my publisher, and Patty is sort of looking at me, Patty has told me once or twice, John, you have these wonderful characters and then you kill them off. And I'm like, well, but look what I do with Look what I do with all of the events <laughs> afterward once they're, they're killed I off. I agree. I
2: agree. I just have to, I just have to mess with yeah, anyway.
0: Just, just, just make sure you don't go Marvel Studio and kill off all the good villains, you know, first run. you got to be able to bring them back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, well, uh, now, let's see. I think the hardest part for me, and uh, I, I bless Patty and Laura Thompson as well. Is, is being concise and be like saying something in a sentence that I want to say in two paragraphs but it can only you can reduce it all yeah. down to a sentence
2: yeah i, I force him to tighten up those the dialogue and tighten up the the narrative especially the narrative
1: yeah and uh well I know patty's just dying to talk about uh, Amazon a little more but <laughs> oh you're just gonna do that but <laughs> <laughs>
0: But one yeah. quick question I would have, though, uh, Patty, is when it comes to funneling down the, the the verbiage, do you have any tips for new writers out there or, you know, even experienced ones that are looking for tips of what's a good way to cut down on the, on the, the word count?
2: Well, for your first book, I would say don't worry about that as much. Get the book done first. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And Ray Bradbury said the same thing. He said, you know, you sit down and you write and write and write. And then you worry about the editing later, mm-hmm. okay, so get it all out on paper or or typewriter or whatever you know computer uh he was a typer, so you know uh he had to get it he had to get that that story done uh before his roll roll dimes was through so uh he, he had to write it, and of course he had to feed his family, so <laughs> there you go that nothing like real. So, <laughs> all the so rest when, of
1: have hunger job. is a great motivator. So to, follow <laughs> up, yes. to, follow, to follow up on what James said, when, when Steve the writer comes up and says, "I've got three or four chapters done in a book I'm working on,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the, the, the response generally is, "Come back when you have a
2: finished
1: of yeah. dra- uh, finished mm-hmm. draft." He says,
2: now understand that's for fiction. Uh, nonfiction is different and is handled differently. Hmm. Um, fake publishers, you you have to give them an outline of what it is that you're that you're doing and why are you the person to write that mm-hmm. nonfiction? Okay? So it's different than fiction. Uh, fiction, you got to have the story done first before you start shopping it. Uh, the nonfiction, you can give them an idea of what it is and they can tell you whether or that's an interest that, that they're willing to market because mm-hmm. it's two different, two different
0: Marketing things. Marketing is not easy.
1: No, I know.
2: That's for sure.
1: The endless challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So,
2: what do they call it? Never ending story. (laughs) Never ending
1: story.
0: It's all about finding the right market for the right niche at the right time because, you know, that could have so been next week or so been two years ago, you know? Yes,
2: absolutely. And I've been around for, well, for a long time. I I started all this just when ebooks were starting to take. So, uh, had to learn how to do programming for that, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and how that totally changed the print market.
0: So, as as speaking from a marketing angle, do you think folks should look at before they start mashing out ideas? Should they mash out an idea, or should they see what the market is wanting to digest and then pitch the story to match the market?
2: Which I I've seen a lot of. I've been in a lot of conventions where this has been the subject. Okay. So it's not just my idea. It's, it's a, a hodgepodge of a lot of other authors having voiced their opinions on this very subject. Um, publishers are going to tell you that not to worry about the market yet. You write the book based on what it is that you're interested in. is it? If, if it's nonfiction, do you, is, is there some angle and for the reason why you were writing it, and why anybody would want to read it, uh, if it's nonfiction or if it's fiction, then is it interesting to you? Because you know it's not just one book. Usually, typically talking about multiple books, so you have to actually love it. So if you don't love it, you shouldn't yeah, be doing so it. so
0: basically, go for the passion. You know, that way you have you have, to have, that have that fire to carry you yeah. through because you know you know it's not going to be just the one book deal. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so you gotta that's why you have to be in love with the characters. Uh even the bad characters. Hey, you know?
0: sometimes those are the easiest ones to, to to get like get into your head and become part of you and have your voice come through their heads. Yeah. I
2: right. I write and say, Where where the heck did that guy come from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it had to come from somewhere. Some deep seated you know? little dark recess
0: of your skull.
2: Yeah, that's really, that's really, uh, right now it's gotten really, the really interesting. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it comes when yeah. you get older, I
2: think you get more jaded.
1: I don't know. <laughs> and I guess bottom line then is write, write a complete draft first before you go to a publisher. Yeah,
2: because you know, the publisher change. So if you're taking a couple of years to write your book, um, uh, by the time you, you, you're, you're thinking, well, I want to go to this publisher because he publishes this, uh, this type. Well, he may not be publishing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Then what are you going to do? So write, write the book first and, and consider it a series because mm-hmm. uh, usually standalones don't really work very well anymore. Uh, it's because people, when they invest in reading and they invest in reading a, a, a fiction story, they're investing in those characters and they want to know, hey, I don't just have. It's not just one book. I, I have these other books behind mm-hmm. it, that you're gonna get to know these these people, uh, and either love love them or hate them or whatever, um, for more than just one book.
0: Yeah, and so it's like in the old you know movies where you see and Sam Spade will be returning in, and they throw the new title out, and that immediately generates the excitement of yes, the story is continuing. It's not just a one and done.
2: Yeah, as a couple of serials. Yeah. Yeah because
0: I mean, it is true that our psyches we just when we like a character we want to know they're coming back for more I mean yes right. it's like even Absolutely. the Conan series the old classic one is this is a story for another time you know it's like and now you right. want that
1: next story <laughs> exactly. exactly which that's good marketing right, right there that right. kind of reminds me of the uh, 1960s Batman show will Batman survive this <laughs>
2: Yeah, lethal exactly. trap. same
1: bat time, same bat channel.
2: <laughs> right. So, this kind of reminds me of, of this. Okay, so he just finished uh, books, book six and pushing me to, to edit book six. And uh, I said, you know, what I really want is something smaller, some, you know, small, what I call a chunky morsel that. You, that we can put out as you know, as for, mostly for free and on ebook only. Uh, we could eventually print it, but right now I'm thinking of you know, getting people to know what he writes. So uh, he's taken a uh, character from one of his stories, uh, one that kind of like dropped off Facebook planet kind of thing at the end. Yeah. And we want to know, okay, so what happened to her later? What right. happened, this traumatic thing that happened to her in the book, Uh, how would that change that character in later life? And there he went.
1: Right. He wrote it. Now, one thing I also learned from Patty, uh, publishing really is a streamlined uh, time business. Time is precious. Um, Now, I think one reason why Patty enjoys publishing my books is I actually do what I say I'm going to do. If Patty says to me, John, I want a, I want a shorter book, and I'd like it ready by September. <laughs> Guess what? I I, I write it yeah. and I have it ready by September. <laughs> you know, this, this is what I do. I, you know, so so like you know, I – uh, <clears throat> uh, okay. Now what I did was, uh, now James, uh, did you read my fourth book, Academic Mayhem? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you remember the little girl, the little seven-year-old girl at uh, the, the at Gallant Party Adventurers led by her grandfather, Liam uh, Thornson? Do you remember them re- uh, going into the dungeon to rescue the seven-year-old mm-hmm. girl? Well, guess what? My free novella that we're going to send out next month, uh, the little girl is now all grown up, and she's with her own party of adventurers. Because that's what
0: one does, you know. They-
1: <laughs> so,
2: so that traumatic experience uh, caused her to, you know, as an older, you know, as she grew older, to want to be an adventurer.
1: Yes, not, 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 not just, not just be a farmer's wife with like an army of children and grandchildren. She wanted more. She wants to, uh, you know, uh, find her own destiny, and that is the title of the novella, "Chosen Destiny." Nice.
0: Ta-da.
1: And, ta-da. <laughs> now, uh, Chosen Destinies is really much shorter. Only 10 chapters. Ooh, not my usual 20 to 25 chapters that I usually do. Uh, and uh,
2: Although, wait, no, I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah. So I may very well be... You know, cutting those chapters into smaller pieces because it's not necessarily how many chapters, just how long the chapter is. Right. But John has a tendency to forget that sometimes, and so So, that's where that's where I come in.
1: Right. So when I when I hand uh, my my completed manuscript on chosen destinies to Patty in the next week or two, uh, where the the process of editing begins, and like I say, we'll uh, now. Because yep. the proof, proof proofreading's already in that motion. But right. now, now help me, Patty. Will the free novella uh, be basically a PDF file, or would it be an ebook, or okay, so I, what what format do we have in mind for this?
2: Would we want to get into? In, in yeah. That? Okay. So uh, it's always going to be a PDF because of the fact that you can also put it into Smashwords as a PDF. Okay. Um, but yeah. My favorite is, is making, and it says Kindle is a completely different format. Uh, EPUB is the standard format for absolutely everything else except for Kindle. That's something you remember. People don't know that. Um, Kindle is a proprietary software style that, that Amazon has forced on us.
1: <laughs>
2: and so, therefore, you have to have it in Kindle format, but also have to have an EPUB for everybody else
1: right um, and, yeah and, so you can go to
2: one place and do all this uh, or you can do what I do which is you know, a couple of different markets in order to put all this stuff in the same into the into the so
1: mechanism. When, when we're ready in October James we will have a PDF file for this shorter novella and Also,
2: that'll be also set uh, well more, mostly set because it's a little bit different. To do an EPUB uh, or to do an ebook compared to a print book, but the PDF are to be done basically as a as a PDF, so we go get a print anytime. It would right. just be a matter of finishing the cover because, as you you know that, that with uh with with the with ebook, you typically it's just a mm-hmm. front cover. Right. So it's a completely different thing when you go to put it in print format and have to have a full cover. Right. So the, that takes a different you know. Another program on top of
1: it. Right. And so when we're ready, I'll uh, I'll be sending out the novella in PDF form to everybody I know, half no, know, <laughs> quarter no. And, and, well, no, that's what we're doing. Oh. No, well,
2: we're going to have it up on the different markets. Different markets, and, yeah. And they will buy it through those markets.
1: Right. Okay. And the idea is that people will read the free novella, mm-hmm. and if they like it, and it's like, ooh, look at all the other books this author has available. And that's, yeah. Yeah,
2: that's the whole idea. So at the end of this this ebook, you're going to have uh, tidbits from each book that he's already written. See that?
0: That's nice. You yeah. get that little amuse-bouche of, of the story. Then you're like, ooh, which book is this character in? Which book is this character in?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Right. Right.
2: And then when I always tell him at the end of when he's finishing one book, I said, okay, what, what's coming up after this? Because are we gonna do are we gonna do a snippet a sneak peek for uh, the book coming up? Uh,
1: we're going we're going to we're probably going to do the uh, uh, I, I was thinking either twisted timeline again yeah. or well because uh, or, sometimes
2: it changes. By yeah, the time you're, I, I another, yeah,
1: I have another book. I have another book I I have I have three other books in concept. Um, the okay after. After Chosen Destinies, Twisted Timeline will come out. And here's the book Patty has been wanting me to write for quite some time. Yeah, I
2: wanted it before, and I've got the Tanglements, but I
1: got I got that one. So... Why, why, why don't you talk about this? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, James, uh, I'm sure you remember my character, Dr. Andrew Newman, mm-hmm. right? The the kind, friendly, uh, <laughs> medic, imperial gardener, who grows such beautiful azaleas and flowers, and is always very helpful? And, he's hmm,
2: he's, yeah. he's my
1: favorite character uh, because again he's a uh, he's the, he's the spy master, and uh, what what's the point what's the point of having a garden if you're not going to grow your poisons? <laughs> I mean your remedies uh, in the garden <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, Patty was after me for some time to write. Twisted Timeline.
2: I want to know what made that character who he was. <laughs> right.
1: So let, let's have let's have Andy Newman now, a young hotshot teenager running around the medieval c- capital city like Paladin City, building his power base, you know, his rise <laughs> to power, if you will. And, uh, uh, that's exactly what Twisted Timeline is all about. Uh, yes, it's going to be my time travel story. <laughs> and, uh, uh Oh gosh, I, I don't
2: twisted timeline. Though. Yeah,
1: I I I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, um, but yes, uh, I'm very excited about it because I, I I'm sure when Patty uh, reads that, we're planning on Twisted Timeline coming out in early 2021. Nice. Um, mainly because of the
2: COVID-19.
1: Yeah, because of the COVID-19. Otherwise, it might have been out by now. But let's let's just roll with what we got now. After that. I have two more books I'm working on. One book is going to be called uh, uh, "Unmitigated Disasters," <laughs> <laughs> where uh, a group of adventurers uh, first they discover silver in a in a dungeon they uh, explore, and then the worst things happen. They in succession they discover gold, then they discover platinum, then they discover adamantine. Which, uh, in my world, uh, you make magic weapons out of it. So, in, in just a in just a couple of months, yes, we might be filthy rich. But these characters are like, oh crap, we're all dead. Every single power in the continent is going to send armies down here to uh, uh, protect us and help us. With some more... <laughs> Remember this? Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're
2: not know. you're not publicizing that book right now. Right, right, right,
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, and and the other book after that, uh, uh, Cross Targets. I'm actually switching genres to please Patty and uh, my friend David Hughes, uh, uh, member of uh, my executive board. Oh my God! going to say why? Yes.
2: Okay. So you want to? You're writing fantasy. Well, that's all along well, good, but what else can you write? As a as a as a writer, see to me, it's not just a matter of, oh, I can write that, uh, so I'm mm-hmm. going to stay in that. Genre, because mm-hmm. you know that's what you do. Yes, but that doesn't make you really a writer,
1: right? So uh, my my book Cross Targets will literally be a wild wild U.S. American Western uh, with a bit of supernatural in it.
2: <laughs> well, he's going to have the, you know his usual fantasy characters mm-hmm. in there, like <laughs>
1: but, we'll let him do that. It'll right. definitely
0: be a weird West from from what John and I was talking you know talked about before on that one.
1: Right. And, and believe it or not, uh, I actually have a third book in concept uh, with the title Familiar Tales. My friend Laura Thompson loves all the familiars and special animals I've got in all the books. She wants me to write a, a book with like an animal getting each chapter. <laughs> getting a chapter. <laughs> so, so yes, I, I have a lot on my plate, but... Uh, the exciting... It's always
2: good to have something new that you're going to work on that you can look mm-hmm. forward to.
1: Right. Now, uh, again, uh, how does how does this all tie into publishing? Well, you write. write. You've got to write. You can't just stop writing for two or three years and then, <laughs> yeah, you've got to keep writing. Now,
2: okay. I, I want to bring up uh, one thing that that we started doing very early on. Uh, what we call Consistency with the design of the of the books and and because they're a series, um, I said I wanted a each book to have just two words in the title.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, because of the fact that he's got a a lot of a, as as you know, a lot of good content on his covers as far as characters go, and so I have to try to figure out where I'm going to put. You know, the subtitles, and where yeah. I'm going to put the, you know, his name, and yeah. where am I going to put the mm-hmm. titles. So um, I put it near the top, mainly because of, uh, in both bookstores, uh, a lot of bookstores is there that you can see it. Uh, you can see the title going from one to another. When they when they have the display case. And- I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Right.
2: So, so he came up with the Reckless Ambitions and then uh, we, were, we worked on Aprecious deities.
1: Yeah. Patty's being modest here. I think she's the one who gave me the reckless ambitions idea. We were talking and um, we I started
2: get, saying words. And yeah, so I, left, I, I went at the
1: stars, and then we started pulling words. Right. And uh, I... I was stuck on reckless, uh, reckless passions, reckless violence, oh, yeah, reckless, it's a reckless, reckless. And Patty was like, no, 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 you're no. You're not in romance genre,
2: I'm not gonna let you do that, yeah, and stick a yeah.
1: romance title on it, okay? <laughs> right, so uh, like, you know, we, we were just going back and forth, and I think it was Patty who said, how about ambitions? And I was like, reckless ambitions with an S. And I was like, there we go. Yeah. Now, um. Capricious deities. I have to admit that was mine. That was that was that was my. Yeah, capricious
2: be- is not a typical word. Yeah, uh,
1: when when I think of Greek gods and goddesses, and yes, I've I've been oh, so delving have, into Greek gods so and have, goddesses. We have
2: deities first. Yeah, and then it was hard to come up with
1: capricious. Okay. And, and when uh, uh, what, I love Greek mythology. I I grew up reading Greco-Roman mythology books. Robert Graves. I I love them all. And I remember how uh, Robert Graves always used to say, the Greek gods and goddesses were always so arbitrary and capricious. Yeah, and it's a, it's uh,
2: I, word. Yeah. and
1: I, I was like, you know, okay, arbitrary deities, not capricious deities. That was mine. I came up with that one. Okay,
2: so the reason why I did this is from very something that I learned going into this publishing thing is, is A, you need to look up the titles on mm-hmm. Amazon, um, the reason is because one of their first books that I published was called Moonstone, a single word which is wonderful. However, there are 16 other books named Moonstone, mm. or have Moonstone in the title. So that ruined uh, our ability to set, up, mm. set ourselves apart. And so, reckless ambitions is an unusual title. Capricious deeds is even, is even more so, because capricious is not a word that's typically used.
1: Right. And uh, the next book, *Pivotal Ruckus*, um, I have I have to give credit to Gem Z yeah, yeah. because um,
2: I thought women, no she did the Academic Mayhem*. Oh yeah,
1: that's right, that's yeah. right. I, I, that's right. *Pivotal Ruckus*. Uh, it was funny. Okay. I was describing it to—I was describing it to a friend, um, and uh, I'm trying to remember exactly who it was. It might have been—that was me, but yeah, it might have been Patty. Yeah, and. Um, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Because you said to me when I was describing it, you said, "Wow, you're it sounds like a real pivotal ruckus, doesn't it?" And I was like, "There you go, Patty. There's the title: sometimes Pivotal I just, Ruckus." That's how
2: it happens, you know. Your just presentation yeah. is like, "Wait a minute, that's, yeah. that's perfect, right
1: there." Yeah, pivotal ruckus. There we go. I mean, uh, it was was John who did the
2: Academic Mayhem. What? No,
1: Gen Z. Gen Z, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Academic Mayhem came about because uh, I was finally getting into the Game Masters University. Ooh, what's it like to be a student there? What's the campus (laughs) like? What are the classes like? My my difference between the Game Masters University and, dare I say, Hogwarts. (laughs) Hogwarts is more elementary through high school. While the Game Masters University, no, no. I think
2: he starts at twelve years older.
1: Yes, but they go to seventeen. That's high school.
2: No, he, he all the way through school.
1: High school, yeah, through 12, high school.
2: He starts at twelve. And, I think that's as far as they go.
1: Yes, and, and 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 a Game Masters University is more is more college, more uh, <laughs> more is, more adult, more fun. Just,
2: more. just so you know, James, this is how we always <laughs> talk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And in the end, I do what Patty says. Happy Patty, happy life. <laughs> I, I, I raised my voice a couple of times, but other than
2: that, it's pretty much the same yeah. conversation.
1: And uh, now, uh, now unexpected entanglements. I think that was when I was. Uh, let let me tell you about my last book that just came out with the title. John McDougall, another fellow who I salute. He's on my uh, PALC board, Palomar and Adventures LLC business. John McDougall and I, in 2016, we were just sitting around a uh, summer evening just talking about future books that I wanted to do. Yeah, summer evening was funny. And uh, it, it was amazing how in two hours, John McDougall and I came up with the whole plot for the whole book. And I knew that uh, John McDougall was a big Cthulhu fan, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, good old good – old, uh, <laughs> Old HR Lovecraft. I mean, we all love Lovecraft, and uh, I was thinking, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, the tentacles from a from a uh, you know, an evil uh, squid or you know, or uh, you know, like an undersea monster, and uh, uh, I was thinking, okay, unexpected entanglements, there we go, <laughs> and uh, now. Patty's signaling me. We've only got five more minutes?
2: Well, it's only you know, yeah, two more minutes of drink. Are we doing an hour? are We, doing <laughs> we, we can go minutes? over. That's
1: right. fine. And yeah. anyway, we came up with unexpected entanglements as a, as a tribute to John McDougall, since uh, he likes Cthulhu and uh, the entanglements. Ha, 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 ha. Well, anyway. Okay. Patty, you take it from
2: here.
0: I already said it. So, so, so Patty, as, as an editor and publisher – what is it that you most value in, in your writers?
2: Well, being able to write is always <laughs> Productive. good. Productive.
0: <laughs> Productive and timely. <laughs> I, I, I hear those two twining together.
2: <laughs> yeah, I because you know if you're in a series, you're talking about one, at least one a year. Can you write that in one year? Um, if you do a couple of different series and you're, you're talking to which – you know, he said, "Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go in another series." And no, he didn't go in another series. All he did was was extend his world into another uh, version. So uh, that that's not the same thing as taking a whole different series. And he's a little sneaky about that one.
1: <laughs> well, that's why the cross targets on
2: the. Horizon. Yeah, Palomar and <laughs> Religions and Heroes, Volume One, which is book, which is typically book five, but it's actually a new set. Right. So, books one through four is actually the, the first four volumes in the Medford Family Chronicles, and it's not technically part of the Palmer Legends and Heroes, right. which is why I kind of wanted the uh, twisted timeline for uh, the first volume uh, for Palomaric Legends and Heroes, because, obviously, Dr. Numal is a legend and a hero.
1: Right. <laughs> and it's the theme. And, uh, right. Yeah, and... and- one could even call Unexpected Entanglements, The Medford Family Chronicles, Volume 0. because right, which I don't do. Okay, oh but uh, anyway, all right. But, uh,
2: this okay. is not Star Wars.
1: Okay. Right. Um,
2: we keep arguing about which one's number one and which one's number four. Okay. There should yeah. always be
0: continuity. If something's a flashback, it should be clearly defined where it resides.
2: Right. Exactly. So exactly and so it's just all experiences that, that uh, I've had over the years I've made my mistakes on on you know things that I published beginning early on and John's just lucky to come in at a certain time where I've, I've learned a lot
1: and I, I, I'm constantly learning from uh, Patty uh, James because Patty has shown me how to shorten three or four three or four pages to like three or four senses. And uh, I, I, as I said before, my writing style is definitely Feels like a
2: pig for a little
0: while, but Hey, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, the best thing is, is not only are you the editor and publisher, but it sounds like you you do a great job as an editor, as a coach as well. And, you know, trying to,
2: I've actually let go of an author once because they weren't learning anything And, and they weren't learning from the experience. Uh, they were taking the edited uh, version of Microsoft Word and accepting all changes. <laughs> you're, not, you're not learning anything doing that.
0: It's it's almost if you're not. It's a, almost like back yeah. in the 20s, you know, when the the pulp books had the the formula. They would just throw the darts out on the board, and boom, there's your book.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and they, you know they weren't taking any stock in their own. Uh, Writing process and, and their career. So, if you're just doing this for the fun of it, it's one thing. If you're doing this because you are making this your career, or it's just something you want to do for the rest of your life, then you need to learn some lessons along the way. If you're under six books, what he was on, and if he's listening to this, he knows who he is. <laughs> um, I had to say, you haven't learned anything from this process. And honestly, you could have gotten that from almost any of these slush companies, and I won't mention any names <laughs> um, almost everybody else yeah. uh who will just publish whatever you you put on paper if you're not learning something then that's not what that's not what I'm here for. so I'm here not only to be be your cheerleader and your coach or cheerleader and your friend and your publisher. But I'm here to actually give you some kind of guidance and, and make you a better author, hopefully, because otherwise I'm not doing my job. And that's my opinion. Uh, I know a lot of other publishers who would not worry about that. Uh, but if you if you get an editor uh, from a publishing house and they haven't honed you or or taught you something, then you're not with the right one. Uh, that- that's, that, that's a
0: great opinion. I mean, because part of the thing as as the publisher is you are grooming writers to make them marketable as well as, you know, to be connected.
2: John wants to do this the rest mm-hmm. of his life. Yes.
0: Okay.
2: He made that very clear to me the very you know, first thing. So, uh, yes. so in that case, and I, I told him point blank. I said I'm very, very upfront and very uh, brutally yeah. honest. And, and the reason why I do that is because you need to know. Right. Is what I what my expectations are of you as an author um, otherwise our relationship and, and it is it's a very tenuous very close relationship right we sometimes even share <laughs> in the same rooms yeah. when we go to conventions
1: oh yeah and because, it,
2: for, because of money yeah
1: happy patty happy love
0: <laughs> and, and like like you even touched on earlier at the conventions is the whole you know get the writers to the conventions, but then get the writers to go into the convention, mingle with the convention, you know, become part of the convention life, you know? Yes.
2: Yes. And then. Oh, yeah. I've been I've been speaking at conventions for a long time. So uh, I've been in part of science fiction, fantasy uh, conventions, for, oh, geez, over 20 years. I uh, was working in different levels in within the, the body of the uh, of the construction of the conventions, but, uh, when I started doing more publishing, uh, that's when I you know, have people who want me to come in and speak. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's always great. It's a lot of fun because, you know, you have a bunch of people who, uh, some of them think they know everything already and you can't teach them anything. So, you know, I'm not going to bother. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you know, I want to teach every. I try to try to help everybody. I really do. Um, some people have not been open to those ideas. <laughs> so uh, we've had two part company. Yeah, it's like even right. John
0: and I have talked about uh, from like a game master point of view, because game masters are writers in their own right, just different genre. Is is getting to hang out with other writers and game masters and things you mm. can always learn from each other there's always something okay, if you're absolutely. open and receptive that you can learn and eat and evolve from
1: absolutely wait, wait, james would you like to put in a plug for our uh, facebook group we've been having fun oh yeah,
0: by all means john go for it uh, john has this great dungeon master uh, website group for, on facebook that we have lots of crazy conversations on but, but go ahead and shamelessly plug away my friend <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, it, uh, anyone may join who has done any sort of game mastering or dungeon mastering. It is literally called the Dungeon Master's Secret Society. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, I'm, a, I'm shocked. In, in less than a year, we've got 1,870 some odd members. And uh, whenever a new D&D book or a new gaming book or, or something comes out, we just post it up there, and okay, guys, let's dissect and digest this.
2: Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> lots of yeah. cool topics
1: and come up. Uh, just, just just this morning, we, we were discussing a topic of creating your own magic items, and uh, some some people some people do it on the fly with their own imagination. There are actually programs out there, websites that you can actually go to now and type in what you want. I want this, I want this, I want this, these abilities. Oh, well, here's a, here's a filter, or here's a wand, or here's a, you know, they'll, they'll yeah. suggest things. Uh, but, uh, but yes, uh, I've been having a great deal of fun with this, and uh, I got to admit, I get ideas for my books sometimes from these people. Mm-hmm. Oh, well,
2: your books, never. Yeah. Okay, so I'm writing about monsters now, which is something new to me. Oh, yeah. And I said, okay, John, you know, being the D&D guy he is, I said, I'm looking for uh, a creature that can do this and
1: this. And, and, and I just pull out my dungeon, <laughs> I pull out my monster manual first edition, and, uh, you know. Oh, oh, I need the fiend folio, too. Okay. And I'm just you start like... She's not
2: bruising today, and I go, oh, my... Give me, give me,
1: give me, give <laughs> me. <laughs> I uh, Yeah. Oh, you... What? Oh, you're, you're describing one of those. Or, oh, you yeah. should take a look at this. And I, yeah.
2: then I, I said, yes, but they do this. Said, well, dude, you can change a pattern. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you, you, you can call them sylphs instead of pixies. Or, or you know, whatever. You call right. them dark, yeah, dark sprites.
2: Dark, dark sprites. We have a new stuff. dark sprites. I just I made a new one called dark sprites. So right. uh, that's
1: fun. And again, this is a... I am glad to help Patty because she's helped me so much. I'm like, oh, you want monsters? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I so so it's funny. Patty has never once played yeah. in any of my Dungeons and Dragons well, campaigns. My games.
2: boyfriend in high school.
0: Oh, gotta fix that eventually. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah.
2: And,
1: um, yeah. I I. Uh, I was
2: discriminated
1: against see that is unacceptable not in my game not not in my game I'll I'll try to kill you just like I try to kill everybody else in the box. I don't have a problem doing
2: that back which is why I was
1: invited just remember
0: John GMs don't kill players the dice kill players
1: (laughs) and that's That's why that's exactly why DMs have a screen (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I you, keep,
2: should, you should wear fencing material. Uh, yeah, fencing, fencing material. Yeah,
1: I, I keep, I keep thinking now the Bugs Bunny, uh, the Bugs Bunny dialogue. Shoot him now! Shoot him now! You keep out of this. He doesn't have to shoot you now. <laughs> but <laughs> all right, uh, back But yeah, topic. it's collaboration
0: uh, is is a hugely important thing. I mean, <laughs> just like looking at the the old yeah. classic, you know, novel writers back in the Victorian areas, they would get together like rock stars and hang out and jam out stories.
2: <laughs> I know, well, I, I, I heard all the stories are, are and I go, oh, man, that would have
1: been so cool. J.R.R. Tolkien had his group called the Inklings, mm-hmm. and including C.S. Lewis and three or four others. And these guys would meet at a, at a tavern near Oxford, like, once a week.
2: Man, if we fly
1: on the wall. Oh boy, Like, like cool. <laughs> Mary
0: Shelley, Byron. I mean, you, you the, these jam sessions. I, I oh, imagine, sorry. Go ahead.
2: I can imagine mm-hmm. with her, uh, the the guys were like, "Well, you can't write that. That's too dark for a girl." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Three hours well, later,
0: they've been sitting on the edge of the chairs, going, "Tell us more. Tell us more." Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, yeah. And 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 by the way, uh, James, I should point out. Patty has done some marvelous interviews uh, over the years that she's told me about. She has interviewed Gene Roddenberry, yeah, yeah. Star Trek creator. Yeah. She has even interviewed Michael Moorcock, the eternal champion Elric of Melnibonni saga, one of my personal favorites. He
2: was in France at the time.
1: He was in France at the time, but she interviewed him. <laughs> so, uh, again, we did
2: after the convention. So again, he couldn't come. He couldn't come as a. Uh, Guest of honor because he was in. He always goes to France at, start in May, so we couldn't have him. I said, "Well, can we do a virtual interview with you? You know, over you know video, video chat?" Yeah, it was, yeah, sure. So that so I That's did it, awesome. and yeah, he's he yeah. fun guy.
1: Uh, and again, I mean, again, I I'm in awe of her stories. I mean, just uh, uh, well. But yes, uh, Terry Brooks. I've met interview. She's interviewed Terry Brooks. Yeah. There you that go. That was on my.
2: That was on my bucket list. Uh-huh. I have to admit that nice.
1: one. And uh, well, I'm. I, I was just so lucky to have met Patty, and and I'm delighted to be one of her authors. Even Patty has even a, with the
2: downsizing. Yes, it's, it's, I've I've been cutting people back it's, I I just you know I want to work on myself mm-hmm. right now. I'm over fifty. That's uh-huh. completely
1: understandable. <laughs>
2: It's my turn. Coming. So I'm taking everything I learned from all of you.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> and I, I'm doing it right the first time.
1: <laughs> and, and and Patty Patty is wonderful about keeping her authors in line and re- reminding them, hey, it's not your turn yet.
2: Well, like I said, you know, I only have a certain amount of time, and that's very little out
1: now. Right. So, so I, it's I, like that, you got your why, own
2: line, and it just has to be that
1: way. That's why I'm thrilled to death about the novella, and I'm. Really excited if we, when we get that out, I, I really hope to generate some excitement with that to uh, then see about, uh, you know, if it'll, uh, how it'll help me market mm-hmm. books. Yeah. Uh, I can't, one more thing about the COVID. I can't wait for the coronavirus crisis to be over because as soon as we can get back to events, uh, I, you know, it's a lot easier to sell books at events than it is even mm-hmm. online. Get, get it? Uh, uh, now, I love – I'm thrilled that I have my own author page on Amazon. where Which
2: is something hardly any author know about, by the way.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Most it's authors author don't even know this. So,
2: so if you're an author out there, you need to find Amazon Author Central and build yourself a page and connect all your books. That's a bit one of the biggest biggest selling points that I I can't even that's a big one right there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's the best way I can sell my books right now during the crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah. Uh, one other thing I have to mention. Um, uh, uh, there, uh, Patty is often an unsung hero. I've I've tried dedicating books to her, but she always talks me out yeah. of it. <laughs>
2: and, uh, if, if it's one thing to put me in acknowledgements i i those like butter which is fine but i' never never want you to dedicate a book to me because i'm i'm the publisher i'm not, not that's just not appropriate
1: you keep it professional so i like I, that yes and uh, well hey uh james uh, what 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 else would you like to ask about uh, we're we're in no rush but uh well we have gone over an already
2: hour. right to chew on your fingers you here
1: <laughs> oh yes <we're, laughs> <laughs>
2: you
1: see, more. <laughs> yeah, okay. Feed me see more. Oh. So
0: if if you're gonna give a uh, Steve the writer a tip on going out to conventions, say he's got he found himself a publisher and editor, and you know you guys took care of him. He's got that stack of books now that he's got to sell in the trunk of his car. What is the best way to go about t- to getting in the convention circuit? I mean, I know me and John, you know, we we, we do the con circuit and we know people and we we know the ins and outs, but, but from a Publisher, how would you tell a writer just to, to, to get their butt out there, basically? You know,
2: well, I've done that before. <laughs> um, well, it does help to have a publisher who's already connected to these things. Uh, that's kind of important too, that they do some of that. It's like, you know, it's like, where, where do they suggest? First, you ask them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Uh, they may already have, uh, you know, some go to places. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think, John. That's where you started, basically. Yeah, Patty,
1: Patty told Patty. Uh, I said, Okay, Patty, what what should I do first? And Patty suggested several local events and a convention or two.
2: We started doing, uh, John's one of those, uh, again, re- one reason why he and I work so well together. And I seem to <laughs> say this with a smile um, that when I call him and say, Hey, we, it's, I, I got uh, somebody in the middle of the night asked me to do a uh, an event tomorrow at uh, two in the morning which happens has mm-hmm. happened before um so he says i, I said hey i heard your your event it says yeah we got open spaces would you would you take one well sure you know uh, these are usually the mm-hmm. free ones of course but um obviously for the ones say well yeah but if you know three hundred dollars well i don't know <laughs> if you're if you're not if you're not, uh, if you haven't sold all your spaces, then I may not want to spend mm-hmm. that kind of money. But that's that's me, because yeah. I, I look at it as say, hey, how many books do I have to sell in order to make up, just just make, to break even.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's why I decide yeah, where we booth
1: fee is but a serious thing. Weeks? Yes. Well, yeah, when, when Patty calls I. me the day before and says, hey, John, yeah. we have an event where mm-hmm. you sell books, would you like to go? I'm like, yeah, great. When, I, when, when, and where should I meet you? Ninety nine
2: point eight percent of the time, John has come through every time. So, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, certain times where it's like, yeah, you had to work. Yeah,
1: yeah. but uh, yeah. I, I will, I will say this that the, uh, uh, the, we, we. We've had adventures together at many different events. Yeah, yeah. Let's not even talk about the goats now, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: that Randy,
2: Randy goat, yeah. Uh,
1: but, uh, but, all, but all joking aside, I uh, one thing, one thing I've noticed about the the events, and I think it's so very important that yeah, you, you you can't just let other people do it for you. You've got to get out there and sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I it
2: makes a big difference when yeah. I walk in the door with a bunch of authors and and you know some of them don't live here in 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 Arizona so uh obviously they can't make it most uh, obviously they're not going to come from Pennsylvania I one right. from Pennsylvania so uh but he's been here in a couple of events you know we a couple of conventions we've done so there's sometimes yes we can do that um but most of the time we can't you know he can't make it I can I can sell his books, but the problem is that because he's not here, uh, he's going to be even better seller talking about his books mm-hmm. than Goes I am. Goes back own. to that passion, right. you
0: know. It's it's the he he, right. he can exactly. see and pages, you know, as, as actual scenes.
1: Yeah, about passion, I think it was pivotal ruckus, but you've really got to love what you're doing, James. You've got to love what you're writing. I think it only happened once, but Patty called me once at like three in the morning with like, oh, God, we have to change a chapter or edit a, edit a chapter. Uh, we've got to get it to the printer by six in the morning. Or we have to send a, a six PDF. in the morning you yeah. know PDF for the final print. In order, know, print. order
2: to be done. This is Wednesday. He told me he could print them, but. Uh, we got to have it in so that way. Is everybody in the queue? Is so that way he knows
1: us there? And, and James, before I was even fully awake, I was powering up my computer, cracking my knuckles, like, okay, let's edit this thing. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and so, sometimes, sometimes when I'm walking into an event, I'm getting to sell something, I'm a little worn out, I'm a little tired. I just say to myself, for Palomar. <laughs> You you gotta love what you're writing. You gotta love what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, I wanted to mention one thing that uh, Patty and I are certainly different writers. She writes, I would call low fantasy books, where they're set in the real world but different times. Urban fantasy. Urban fantasy. Um, While I, I, my books are more high fantasy. Because they're actually in another, a completely different dimension, a completely different reality, multiverse, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, uh, and, I'm also uh,
2: writing. the very first time I've I started writing first person. I've never written in first person before. But again, this is one one case where I say yes. I, I have to actually do this. Here I I advise mm-hmm. these things to other to other authors. And then I need to be able to talk the talk. So right. It's like, how do, how do I go about changing points of view? Uh, and, and how do you start doing first-person writing? Well, I read some other series in urban fiction, especially, uh, which was first-person. And so, I you know, you have to read it, first mm-hmm. of all, uh, in order to understand how it's different. And then I said, well, you have to jump in there and try it. And, boy, it, it was tough at first because I'm used to third-person. But um, it became... It, really good for me and therapeutic, actually.
1: Now, I'm not brave enough to try first person yet. I admit it. I I help. I write in third person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I write in third person. Yes, you right. <laughs> I've always wondered what second person is, but I'm not <laughs> sure if that exists. That it's exist or
0: <laughs> first person Jason. Uh,
1: yeah. Right.
2: It's, it's only one
1: person. Ah,
2: okay, right. So you can't really see what the other person people around you are, are just saying. It's not everything so when that heard when that character. Passes out. You can't. You can't keep. You can't keep writing. You can't.
1: You, you can't go on with the other characters and their yeah. dialogue. You've got to wait till they um, come. Um, to... Unless
2: they're they're, you know, in dream space. That's different. Right. Yeah. And, and that that, c- that can, can be key. fun
0: in your change of chapters too. Is the fade to black and then goofy, silly chapter. Oh, it's really because I just got blackjacked, and I have a concussion right now, and I'm staggering down the dark alley.
1: Well, exactly. One one thing I one thing Patty encouraged me to do that I deeply appreciate. Uh, every chapter and every book I have has a quote or a, yeah. or a, or, some, or a quote or a reference. It could be to anything: TV, movies, uh, modern, early history, anything. And
2: I well, I warned him when he first started. I said, okay, if you do this in first book, you have to do it in You're all You're committing them. yourself. Right. It's a consistency. Thing.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, I, uh, I, I actually walk around, uh, when, when I hear a good quote from somewhere, sure or I, I, I either write it down or I, I even, if I'm near a computer, I type it. You know, and, you know, I just send myself a document. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I just expected entanglements. Uh, chapter six here, the quote, you always hurt the ones you love. <laughs> especially if they love being hurt <laughs> repeatedly. Uh, unverified <laughs> quote, supposedly for the Marquis de Sade I love that one. <laughs> you know, so, I mean,
2: again,
1: I, I, I have other quotes. I have quotes from movies and uh, television and uh, history. And, uh, you know, like I try to tie the quote in right to the chapter. Yeah. So when, when, the, when my readers are reading that quote at the top, they might be like, "What the hell is this? Why? Why is this? Oh, here!" But they they know enough by now. Oh, if I just it, the quote there's will tie reason. into something right yeah, in the chapter. Reason.
2: There's a reason. I, that's the other thing is you got to have a reason for
1: the quote. It's got a, it's
2: got a tie in. Yeah,
1: it's just right. Yes. It 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 has it, got to connect somehow.
2: If it's like, a tie in. That's a waste of my space.
1: Like um, <laughs> one, one, one of one of my one of my favorites. Um. Uh, well one of my favorites uh, in unexpected entanglements I actually I actually quote Abraham Lincoln yes I do I actually quote Abraham Lincoln and he uh, he said to Stephen Douglas in the debates ready what are you going to do for a face when the baboon wants his ass back? <laughs> And guess what? That that's the, the chapter. That's the chapter where my my baboon army attacks and just starts ripping people to shreds. You know? <laughs> yeah.
2: so. like, I, I read that and said, "You're kidding me. You actually found a baboon <laughs> reference from, 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 from Abraham, Abraham
1: Lincoln, <laughs> no less." And then the baboons <laughs> kick some ass. Yes, and, uh, 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 while Harry Fang still sucks a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I made him cut out some of that. But
2: yes, anyway. but,
1: like, well,
2: yeah, that's getting irritating, John. Please.
1: I've, I've, always had a, I've always had a, an affinity for thumb suckers, but, but, but anyway, no. Uh, but moving forward, um, I, uh, I'm very excited about the novella coming out. Um, we, we were working very hard on that. We might, we might actually use a, 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 a different format for the cover. Uh, we, we're still we working on it this. Because
2: <laughs> he costs it, the covers for his particular books, uh, and I understand that, the, as you probably understand, that, that these guys are really top-notch. Right. And so you know, it costs, costs something to be able to do that.
1: My grandfather always said, good is never cheap. And cheap is mm-hmm. never good.
2: Right, but it has still <laughs> has to be – Still have to, I still look at it and say, yes, but how many books do you have to sell? Right. Because I have to put it Especially with – Especially in an e-form. So, uh,
1: right. Exactly. Now, now, Twisted Timeline, oh, yeah. When Twisted Timeline comes out early next year, yeah, it'll be, that, that'll that have a, a definite Chris Ennett, David Delante cover. Right. Absolutely. But uh, – In the, the
2: meantime, so – um, yeah. I'm, I'll be doing the design for the cover. This one is, I mean, I do finish them, but I don't, I don't do the front covers typically.
1: Right. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm excited. we got a lot of things going on here. Um, uh, I, Always. I, I follow Patty's lead. <laughs>
2: well, he has to.
1: Happy Patty, happy life.
2: <laughs> uh, when he starts talking to <laughs> me about the thing, it's like, I just put my finger up and said, no.
0: <laughs> we have the black really? pen. We no. have the red pen. Let's see which one reds that a v. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but wouldn't this be cool? No, not here. Not oh, here. okay.
0: <laughs> Can't
2: we do this now? No. <laughs>
1: or or
0: you just say, I love uh, the energy. We'll save it for later. <laughs> exactly.
2: I do that. I do that all the time.
1: Let's just tone it down a bit. And uh, again, James. uh I want to thank you endlessly for your podcast. Oh, well. I, I love them. I, I love the the link that you send me where all of my podcasts with you are just right there. You just hit the link and here this you go. Um, I'm actually thinking of printing uh, all the links in uh, one of my upcoming books, you know, just to like the podcast. No, check that, us out. that would
2: be good. Not in print, but in, in, in the novella.
1: Yeah. yeah, in the novella. And, um, so it's uh, good to
2: reference. Hey, if you like me
0: here, here I am somewhere else.
1: Right now, here's well, f- basically
2: because of the book, you go, you click on you click on the link and it'll the go hyperlinks. there. Hyperlinks. Uh, you can't do that in front. I keep right. trying, but but that link and never works wins. in the book. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work very well, no.
1: Right, and uh, I don't know about, I don't know about you, Patty, but uh, whenever I end a podcast. Like two seconds later, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I didn't mention or I can't believe I didn't think yeah. yeah, so and so. So I'm sitting here drumming my fingers. Okay, what what have I forgotten that I shouldn't forget? James. So,
0: of course, you know, I'll, I'll ask Thanks. each of you guys where you can be found online so that way folks can, you know, either reach out or read your, your materials online. So, Patty, you want to go ahead and go first?
2: Um, I pulled back on a lot of that. So, I mean, you can find me on Facebook, of course, under and That's H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D, HoltStrand. And if you look, actually Google me, and I am everywhere. So, uh, Patty Holstrand or PJ Holstrand. Typically, PJ is not only my author name, but is my publisher name.
1: Patty with an I. <laughs> yeah, Patty with
2: an I. But they, I yeah, They probably still find me.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: but yeah. So I, I since I've been around a lot, I've seen a lot of different things, and and they can find uh, lots of stuff on me uh, if they Google it.
1: Now, um, I'm I'm uh, uh, James. The best place to find me, two places: either Facebook, John Paul Reed R I E D. Everybody misspells it, or or uh, Amazon. Oddly enough, my Amazon author page. Everything oh, yeah. is there.
2: That's that silly of me. I forgot that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. W, uh, just www.amazon.com. Go to the books department and then just type in the author name, John Paul Reed. And yeah. all my books are there. And Patty's, Patty's yeah, books thing. are there, too. Same thing. Yep. And, uh, uh, and I also you,
2: include some places I've been at, it's pictures Yep. The and
1: and as soon as the uh, crisis is over and the events start up, uh, oh yeah, we'll be we'll be publishing our itineraries and our calendars and where we'll be. Back in tw-
2: we we won't do anywhere near as we what we used to do. Tw- back in 2015, we did 36 events in a year.
1: Yeah, three events a month. That's events that is crazy
2: pants.
0: As someone who used to go to two cons yes, a month, that was, that's crazy pants.
2: <laughs> yes, it is crazy. It was, and, but then again, that was uh, working it full time. So yeah. I was uh trying to help another company, you know, build up their e-book market.
1: So. And, and uh, James, uh, I'm always glad to hear about what you're doing down in Tucson with uh, uh, Catherine. And uh, uh, we have several common friends, uh, Eve, uh, Evan Cook and others. Yeah. Uh, Patty reminds me, we have to go. We ha- and uh, uh, but hey um, any last thoughts before we before we uh, I was gonna out? ask
0: one question from each of you guys and this is very important from a writer's point of view. Can each of you give me your best tip for someone to write a review on a book and how important that is
2: okay with it's best to get somebody to write a review that will also be they can also include on Amazon. however there's rules and Amazon is mm-hmm. God. Let me get me started <laughs> so if you haven't if you haven't purchased anything fifty dollars of, of of products within a year, they won't approve your review no matter who you are. So uh, it has to do with their sales. Um, however, if they have then it's absolutely wonderful when you know can uh, they can they can put your review up there. Um, short and sweet. I, I don't, you know, honestly, somebody's given me very long ones and I've only been able to take little pieces of it because there's no way to fit that much in, and nobody will read it. So uh, a short and sweet one is always good. And uh, putting up on Goodreads, uh, I know Goodreads is now owned by Amazon as well. Yep. But that's one way to get around the Amazon problem, okay?
1: And uh, I, would, I would add uh, reviews are always very helpful. Um, I would I would say if anyone was reviewing my books, definitely Amazon and certainly Goodreads. I would even say Facebook. There there are a lot of there are a lot of interesting groups out there that all they do is talk about books mm-hmm. and for free, pretty much. You know, just like, oh, po- post your book here and we'll comment on it. You know, I, I. I've, but it doesn't stop you as a reader from doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Um, the- you're kidding? getting better. Yeah. So, I mean, again, um, uh, I would. I uh, my my tip for all writers, James, is always the same. Write. You got to write, and you got you got to fit you got to finish a completed draft.
2: Even Neil Gaiman said the only way to write, learn how to write, is to write.
1: <laughs> and once you finish that completed draft, turn the baby over to the to the publisher, the editors, the proofreaders. And uh, then everyone works together from there. And James, I want to thank you again for having us James. on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. You guys are very it.
0: welcome. And you know, you're always you're always more than welcome to come back anytime. And uh, with that, I'll go ahead and let you guys call it an evening.
2: Thank right.
1: you. Take care, James. Thank you very much again. We're all set. And um, <laughs> hey, have you read my lot? Li- have you read Unexpected Entanglements yet?
2: <laughs> oh, geez,
1: dear. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a coffee I could send you. I, well, let's talk about that later.
0: Okay. All right, you guys. Have a good evening. Okay. All right. Thank Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as d d Journey of the 5th Edition, and Scion, Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion Hero to Ragnarok Story.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Hello, this is Eric
1: and
2: Wendy Struck with Stone Valley Hobby and Games.
0: We sell board games, card games, role-playing games, and supplies. We have thousands of Magic the Gathering cards available, carry Kickstarter products, and work with veteran-owned small businesses to bring you our own line of products.
2: We are a small business retailer, but we offer competitive prices, a loyalty system, and free shipping on orders over $100.
0: As a military veteran myself, I'm a strong supporter of our armed forces, their families, and contractors out there doing the hard job. So any order from AA, AE, or EP address will be shipped absolutely free.
2: Remember, StoneValleyGames.com, where we take your leisure seriously.